0: Welcome to the Potter's House podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you. If you'd like to learn more about the Potter's House, you can visit pottershouse.org. Very quickly to you. Uh, The Lord began to deal with me this morning. Out of Luke chapter 10, not really this morning, but the last several days. This is not what I was going to preach this morning. But I feel like the Lord modeled for us, illustrated for us today. What happens when Luke chapter 10 manifests in our life? It's Luke chapter 10 right around verse 38. The Bible introduces us and really doesn't introduce. we've, We've known them. But brings us into a moment that Jesus passed by the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And the Bible said they welcomed him into their house. And the Bible said that Martha was cumbered about by much the Bible said serving. that word cumbered means to be distracted or heavy. She was distracted by much you put what you want in there. Serving is what the Bible said responsibility She was basically cleaning her house, trying to get the house ready for Jesus. There's a principle within the principle here that if you keep your house ready, you'll never have to get your house ready. So that when he comes, you're not distracted, but you can focus on the one who just stepped in the room. And Martha is busy serving. He just stopped playing. We're now in dangerous territory. I'm just kidding. I told him to stop. And Martha is cumbered about. And I I begin to think about that because we, as the body of Christ, are oftentimes so distracted that when he comes in the room, we miss him. And when he comes in a house, we miss him. And so here she is serving. She's busy doing good things. But the Messiah has stopped by her house. And bear with me because I'm, I'm piecing all this together as we go here. I'm just following the Lord. It's a word for us right now. And I begin to think about how many times in my life I became Martha. That I was doing good things. Busy with the, even busy with the things of God. And he would come and I was too distracted to see him. You know, I I begin to think this week about one of the deceptive, I want to call it a heresy, but it's a half truth. This idea of calling and destiny and purpose. Because I think a lot of times, what, in, in Revelation chapter 2, Jesus is speaking to the church of Ephesus and he says to them, I see your works. And he says, they are good works. Y'all tracking with me? Kind of sounds like Martha. They are good works. That word good means desirable. They are desirable works. He said, I see your perseverance. That you don't suffer that woman Jezebel. And then he said, I've got this thing against you. You have left your first love. And he says, repent from where you have fallen. And when I read that last week, this past week, as I was just studying, and I read that last week, the Lord began to deal with me about this purpose, destiny, calling, assignment, and this half-truth that has come into the church, and it's presented itself as a good thing. You are called. The Bible says you're called. You have a destiny. God has a plan for your life. But me preaching is not my purpose. It is my assignment. And we get so caught up in well, I'm just trying to find God's purpose for my life. I'm just, I got to start with purpose because you it'll make sense in a minute. I just got to find God's purpose for my life. I just need to know where he's called me to. I need to know what my destiny is. I need to know what, if I'm going to be like this or if I'm going to be like that. And, and we get so wrapped up in calling our destiny purpose. And in the kingdom, that is treason. There is one purpose in the kingdom. I don't have a separate purpose. You don't have a separate purpose. There is one purpose. It is His purpose for me to pursue Him, to become like Him, and to advance the gospel of His kingdom. Guess what? Through my assignment. We are so notoriety driven that we want the title. We want the microphone. We will leave churches if the church don't let us preach enough is quiet. Not only will we leave the church, but we'll bash the church. Well, they didn't take care of my destiny. They didn't take care of my calling. I'm not trying to teach you how to preach. I'm not trying to give you an opportunity. My goal for my assignment is to uh, help you understand your purpose is to be conformed to his image and to love him. And from the place of purpose, when I love him, when I am spending time with him, when I am conformed to his image, I am more equipped in my assignment. We're so focused on, preacher, tell me what I'm going to do with my life. If you don't know, I don't know. But I'll tell you the first step you need to take. Develop a prayer life. I'll tell you the first step you need to take. Start fasting. Fall so deeply in love with Jesus that the thought of having an affair with him makes you sick. You know, um, when Damerson and I were dating, uh, we would go to restaurants with uh, her, her cousins. And, you, you know, we started dating. Uh, she was 16. I was 18. But um, we started liking each other when I was 14 and she was 12. We got a, we got a history here. But we would go as a 15 and 13-year-old to these restaurants, and her cousins would just shout out. Oh my goodness, he proposed to the whole restaurant as loud as they could. And I remember being so embarrassed. And then I proposed to her. And I wanted to walk into every store into every it was like elf. I wanted to go, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. Right? And I, I begin to think about those days with my wife, and I begin to reminisce about those first days with Jesus. I, I just wanted to run and tell everybody, I'm in love. I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. I, I love him. And then all of a sudden, because life is complicated, life is complex, all the complexities are like, what are you going to do with your life? Where are you going in your life? What's your destiny? What are you called to? I am called to his feet. And from his feet, he tells me where I should go. And, and, and so we have this... This issue of a title-driven culture where I want to be called this, I want to be called that, I want to get licenses this, I want to get licenses that, so people will call me this and I can preach and I can do this. And they feel like because there's a title behind their name that somehow that equals salvation or that equals anointing or that equals consecration. The Bible is clear with us that there are preachers, miracle workers, word of knowledge, prophets, apostles who call themselves that, that will go to hell. Matthew 7, Jesus said they will come to me and they will say, so, Lord, but we cast out demons in your name. We preached in your name. We, we prophesied in your name and I'll say to them, depart from me. I never knew y'all were like, wow, we just came from rejoicing to hear. Because if all we do is rejoice and shout and have joy, that is praise. That's what he's worthy of. But what he he's, he's not just worthy of my jump and my rejoice and my shout. He's worthy of it all. I'm, I'm telling you. People have called me pastor and one other youth pastor, worship, whatever, for the last 10 years. It's not all it's cranked up to be. And, and if being a pastor made you consecrated, that's news to me. Because I would have loved 10 years ago for somebody to come and say, you don't need to pray anymore. You don't need to fast anymore. You don't need to consecrate yourself anymore. Your title has carried that for you. But the fact of the matter is, to whom much is given, much is required. When, when I've been given much, it requires much of me. So being having a title does not... Pull me away from my purpose to be at his feet. To be with him. It's, it's called overflow. I'm, I'm going somewhere. Hang with me. Overflow. That I am better. Because what happens is when you feel like your assignment is your purpose, you're deceived. Because your position becomes your idol. Let me ask you this. And I, I'm talking about any position. Husband, father. Whatever you hold at your job, if you feel called to ministry, pastor, apostle, prophet, whatever. Let me ask you this. If God took it away tomorrow, would you be all right? Sobering, isn't it? And if you could answer honestly and say, no, I wouldn't be all right, that thing has become an idol to you. It's become your idol. I'm going to be careful. It's become your idol and you become like what you worship and, and, and God will have no other gods before him. I was listening to a man this week and he said this from the pulpit. His, his whole ministry got turned upside down two years ago. And he said this, he said, God will tear down a ministry to save a man. He will tear down a ministry to save a man. God will have no idols before him. And, and so I say all this to say we've become Martha. Y'all with me? Thank you to the three people over here. And the rest of you that are begrudgingly saying yes, wishing I'd hurry up. We've become Martha. We've become like her who prepared the house. Jesus came in and she wouldn't stop what she was doing because she had more identity in what she was doing than the one who just walked in the house. Come on. There's a reason, you know, I say this today, and I'm not really preaching because I didn't really take a text. I'm going to be done in a minute. Y'all know that when I preach, I preach long. I don't have to preach. I, I started preaching 35 minutes past when I normally do. I don't have to preach. Why? My identity is not in preaching. I will go home today. I don't know that I'll take a nap, but I will go home today and be at perfect peace knowing that I followed the one who walked in the room. I'll be a perfect peace knowing that the one in whom I find my identity came in and captured the room. And he's the one that took charge. I don't have to preach. But I feel the unction to, to let you know that you need to shift from being Martha to being Mary. The Spirit of the Lord came in this room, I mean, as we were praying at the beginning of service. And some of us walked in this room with the week's burden on us. Thinking about what happened this week. Rehearsing what happened this week. What do I got to do this week? What's happening later today? And you walked in like Martha. And the spirit of the Lord was here and you didn't even recognize it. Because of the burden of life that you've chosen to give your focus to. Rather than him. Jesus walked in and Mary said, I don't care what I have to do, what has happened to me, what I'm doing later. He walked in the room. He deserves my attention. And it's one thing for Mary to sit at his feet. It's another thing to listen to what Jesus said about it. Because Martha came over to Jesus. Isn't it just like us? Martha came to Jesus and said, would you please tell Mary to help me? Will you please tell her to get up off her lazy bum and help me? And Jesus looked at Martha. He said, Martha, Martha. <laughs> so loving, so compassionate, but probably wishing he could take her by the arm and place her at his feet. So Say, sit here. Martha, Martha, you are distracted. Mary, listen, has chosen the good thing. In fact, some versions say one thing. And he said, this thing will not be taken from her. It takes a lot for a Martha to become a Mary. But it doesn't take much for a Mary to become Martha. He said, what do you mean by that? I mean that people who live in his presence people who sit at his feet live in that place they're aware i can go to work at his feet i can be a husband i can be a wife i can be a father a mother at his feet and i can be aware in those times in the day When the Holy Spirit just whispers, come away. I could be aware enough to say, I'm going to drop what I'm doing, because what I'm doing doesn't matter when he says, come. And Mary sat at his feet. And and so I say this today because, you know, we we come in here, we've rejoiced, we've shouted, we've jumped, we've worshipped. But these are mindsets. I've been in church all 31 years of my life. I've preached in different churches. I've served at different churches. And one thing remains the same. It seems like everywhere we go, everywhere I've been, everywhere we've stopped, everywhere I've preached, people come in heavy laden because they're distracted and then you've always got those people who are like Mary who say I don't care what I've got to do what I did prior I don't care what I've got to do after but right now Jesus has come in the house and my purpose I was created to be at his feet I, I, w- I was not created to preach I don't, sorry I love doing it I wasn't created to preach. I wasn't created to be a pastor. I was created to be with him. And when I'm with him, I become who he made me to be. I become what my assignment requires of me. This is making any sense. So, so let's stop with the this is my purpose and this is your purpose and this is our if my purpose isn't his, if his purpose isn't my purpose I'm living a life that's not going to be fulfilled. My purpose is to do his will and his purpose is to see his kingdom advanced in the earth. That's where my side assi- are y'all is this making sense? Am I making it plain for you enough? So I spend my days with him. I pray, I fast, I consecrate. I read the word. I am with him. I'm abiding with him. I'm in his presence. And from there, I lead. From there, I father. From there, I'm a husband. From there, I pastor. That's my assignments. But my purpose is to be with him. That's what I was created for. That's why Pastor David gets up here and tries to pull you in. He shouldn't have to pull you in. He shouldn't have to cheerlead you because if you're walking in purpose you should have been with him all week I shouldn't have to get up here and we cheerlead because if you're walking in purpose you've been with him and when you're with him you recognize oh he's in the room oh he deserves my praise and, oh, it doesn't matter what sister Sally or brother Jojo think about me I'm gonna worship him because he's worthy he's worthy so father I thank you today for raising up a church of Mary's who from your presence carry out Martha responsibilities not beside your presence in your presence father help us find purpose in your presence your purpose your will forgive us for trying to accomplish any purpose besides yours lay it out plain for us holy spirit and to you we give the honor and the glory and the praise and everybody who believes it shout amen and amen put your hands thank you for joining us for this week's message and thanks to those of you who give so generously to make things like this possible You can click the link in the description or go to pottershouse.org for more details and to see the exciting things happening here at the church and how you can get involved. We encourage you to share this week's message with your friends and family. We look forward to seeing you next week.